everyone and welcome to episode two of Sly Speaks. We have me, Maya, again. Um, today we have got Umatoni back and we have also got Nazara. We're going to be talking about side hustles. So Umatoni, if you could go first and introduce yourself and also your business. Yeah, sure. So hey guys, I am back. Um, Umatoni and I am the founder and director of Kaleidoscope Beauty. Very early stages for me, so I launched um, officially in December, so I'm actually two months in. (laughs) Um, Kaleidoscope Beauty is a brand that's showcasing the beauty of Africa through authentic, contemporary, handcrafted jewellery. And that is what the business is about. I think what, what makes us unique is the fact that we are, all our pieces are ethically sourced and they're empowering the disenfranchised. So philanthropic part in there. And that's a bit about me. Hi guys. My name is Nazara. I'm founder and CEO of Sarah Cupcakes. I've been baking since I was 16. So my nan taught me how to bake. She taught me everything I know. And basically when she passed away, I started baking again because it made me feel a bit closer to her. So I was baking for my friend's birthdays and my friends were like, oh, you should start selling your cakes. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. And, and I, said, I was like, okay then. So I literally just built up my skills from there, started um, baking a lot more. And then I started Zara Cupcakes. And then, so I've been doing it for two years now and it's going really, really well. Really, really well. Really well. <laughs> Do you feel like, I feel like everyone has a side hustle, you know? Like, I, I think know, more and more people are starting to have side hustles. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm quite active on Twitter, like in terms of preying. <laughs> You're an active preer. <laughs> and literally, every... my name is Maya, and I'm an active preer. Yeah, but so. no one knows. No one needs to know either. But like every time. I go in that someone's promoting something that they're doing mm. on the side and I'm just like, you lot are so talented. How do you lot just have all these talents and you're just making money off the talents? Do you feel like it's more male dominated, the side hustle brand? Ah, uh, good question. I do. Do you? Yeah. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. You know that event we went to? You don't. Um, the cake pop-up one, the black Why? business event that was in Brixton. Did you come? No. Oh. Well, in that room, everyone was female. Oh, is it? Yeah, it was all black females doing their thing. Um, there was people that were selling clothes, sunglasses, makeup, bags. Obviously, moves the cakes. There was girls selling swimsuits. So. I don't know. I think it's 50-50, you know. Do you think? I, think I, I genuinely don't know. I'd say I know about a lot of side hustles through social media, but that's dictated by who I follow. Yeah. So I'm not sure whether... For me, I see a lot of women. Yeah. I see men as well. I don't know. What do you think, Alfred? Um, I think it... I feel like there's uh, a lot of females that do everything. I think so too. You know. I've got two sisters, and they're both like one's got kids now, and the other one just got back into trading and stuff. But they both equally have their like side hustles, like you say, through Instagram and stuff. It's obviously tailored towards your preferences and what you see. Yeah. So around those preferences and around those things that interest you, I've seen a lot of like. For me, I, I like a lot of things, but I'm seeing a lot of like freelance people that are doing whether it's anything from. Um, like anything from animation to, to illustration to mm. cakes to um, like amateur photography and they're just like doing it on the side. It doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter how big, but they're doing something alongside what they do to bring in their daily bread pan. Are you freelancer? Yeah. Are you? So you've got a side hustle. I'm not gonna, well, I'm freelance. This is my freelance, but I'm going to get part time. So to actually balance. We should have added you to the episode. So say again? We should have added you to the episode. What is it like? Sort of, it's it's a full time grind, but mm. other things kind of come into play as well. So, um, all right, cool. So you got me on this thing now for what, like ten minutes? All right, do you want to talk about it? Come, no, jump on the mic. Yeah, jump, jump <laughs> on the mic. Jump on the mic. Hold up. Cool. So, um, introduce my, yourself first of all. Hi, my name's Alpha. I got like three different names, so don't worry about that. But to you <laughs> and everybody, it's Alpha. Hello, hope you're good. 
Um, my side hustle is production and engineering. So that is music production um, that can also go into TV and stuff like that. But primarily music production and engineering for artists. Okay. Yeah. And then how would you say your side hustle even began? Oh, too far back. But like, I've always been a sucker for like behind the scenes stuff. So like... I remember back in the day we had like Hercules like on the on like VHS or whatever. Sorry, I'm a bit of an old head. Video, and, yeah, video, yeah. video cassette, and there was like two parts. So that's like the main one, and then you had like the behind the scenes one. And I found myself watching the behind the scenes one way more because I just loved seeing how it was made. Like, like just the behind the scenes action. I'm just a mad sucker for it. And fast forward like maybe like a decade or so, like here I am. So it's kind of gone through the music route and everything I've done in school has kind of always been music influenced, whether it's art, whether it's English. It, I've always found myself, like looking back, I always found myself incorporating some kind of music into it. So now um, I'm at a point now where I help artists uh, turn their trash to treasure. Put it like that. I like that. Turn <laughs> their trash to treasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, here for that. Yeah, we're here. So then tell us the harsh reality Oh man, uh, the harsh reality is when it's good, it's gold, and when it's not so great, it's absolute trash. Because you find yourself like <clears throat> spending a lot of hours on something that you might not necessarily like. You need to dig deep and find the passion for something. Mm. Um, you need to be a source of influence right from the get to the point where they, the artist, has faith in you. Um, forget money, forget coming back, like just enough to have faith in you. Um, and again, like the good side of that is that they will always have your your trust sorry you always have their trust yeah but then obviously the flip side of that is there's so many you know there's there's so many studios around there's people can do it from their house if they want to if they find mm. inspiration there there's no loyalty in this game you can help somebody all the way up to the point where they blow and then all of a sudden labels come out and then you know they have all their producers and all their engineers anything can happen at any time um the long hours um the the endless endless nights of just listening to one instrument over and over and over again to make sure it fits in that mix and the the funny thing is that uh, the funny thing is is at the end of it you have the listener that don't even give a crap they don't care who engineered it they don't care about like and that's fine like you just gotta accept that role play it in it i'm not gonna lie it's long in it (laughs) yeah like wait can engineers get signed to record labels they can uh they can get signed to record labels but it's a slightly different process i mean it's the same concept like you're you're working you're building yourself up um you'll get into a point of recognition um if an artist has a grammy or i'd say grammy that's like one of the best case scenarios but if an artist has a plaque or they have something of stature that Mm. holds in the billboard 200 or whatever it is um then you also are eligible to that because you are a direct uh, credit on the work. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that, um, like, don't get twisted. There's huge money in this business, huge money that even I haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. But I am literally that statistic of um, putting in your graph, putting in your years before you get anything, let alone money, like anything. And it's different for you because you're providing a service. 100%. Yeah. Not a product. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like, the, the service is the product in, yeah, in essence exactly so, so yeah side hustle value we out here <laughs> <laughs> we're out here we're out here but I mean it sounds good you know if you speak to your parents it sounds good what do you do what do you engineer oh I really engineer like, yeah they, they don't know like they don't really know but as long as you're an engineer it's great like, yeah <laughs> it's true it's true they can go to that uh, family party and come on now you yeah he's an agent come on you already know so do you are you one of those people who obviously started out of passion and genuine interest and now you're in it, it are you one of those people that wants it to be the main hustle I'm not going to say the only one yeah. but the main yes and no like engineering I don't want to be an engineer if I'm honest I'm just good at it I have like a natural ear for finding like I'm just a perfectionist mm. which is good and bad but i have a natural ear for what i do and i'm just tapping into my strengths and just doubling down on my strengths to a point where i can get something out of it in the short term mm. um but i don't want to be an engineer production i would love to be financially stable on but i want that to be the foundation to be honest i want to get into like investments i want to have mm-hmm. like multiple streams of income where yeah, like i'm just i just that is where ultimately every successful person i've known whether they're related or not has multiple streams of income mm. and that's what keeps them afloat and helps them stay 
dependent on themselves and also eventually free. So um, I don't want to be at the mercy of an artist. I want to be at the mercy of a label. But you kind of need, like the artist needs a producer mm. and the producer needs an artist in mm. order to be successful in this game at this level. Mm. Um, and that's fine. The game's the game, but you know, I don't want that to be my life at the end of the day. Like it is my life because it's in my heart. Music yeah. is in my heart. Yeah. But obviously there's more, you know, you can get into more adventures, more adventures as well. So, Alpha Red, everyone. Ha, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I guess both of you have your side hustles, but at the same time, both of you are also in full-time employment. Mm. How are you doing it? So for me, I would say it has been a very interesting um, balancing act because my pieces are also, they're from Africa, right? So particularly Kenya. So I've had to do lots of back and forth traveling. Obviously, I take that as annual leave, but day-to-day managing of stuff, I've used tools like, my. I'd say my main tool for getting the word out there initially has been social media. So Instagram, Hootsuite, there's times where I'm, you know, scheduling stuff in the middle of the night as soon as I get home or on the train, on the commute to work or answering emails during lunch breaks or having calls and responding to orders on my phone when I'm at work. Oh, Sometimes, maybe, maybe I not. Can I can relate. <laughs> so I think it's just important to, to be honest, we're young, right? So at the, we're at the point in life where we can push ourselves that hard, right? You go to work, you've got your nine to five, you're there, you're present, you're doing your, your job, you're getting your paycheck, it's guaranteed um, income. But the passion is the business, right? So yeah, it's a bit of a balancing act. I wouldn't say there is a way to do it. I think just just go, just do and make sure you don't push yourself too hard. Obviously, the goal is also not to burn out and stuff like that. Um, but try and be strategic with scheduling, I would say. Well, you know, I definitely agree. Well, I'm a social worker and on paper, it's nine to five, but in real life, it's nine to whenever because every day is really unpredictable. I mean, the latest I've been at work is probably 11.30 at night. And wow. knowing the next day I have cake orders, it's kind of hard to balance how to make a give a client a freshly baked cake and not do it too far ahead. Mm. So with my job... I mean, like I said, it's not, it's nine to five, but it's not really nine to five. And I just, right now, I actually find it a bit difficult to manage my time with social work and baking cakes. But I, I just do it. I'm like, my body's in overdrive. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just like, I just keep on ticking. Like, I know that I have to do it. So I just do it sort of thing. So, yeah. I think when it comes to, things like that you have to remember that it is just you on your own Mm. and even though it is just you it's a company so you have to give yourself annual leave I think because you have a full-time job and then you have another full-time job at home Mm. and a full-time job between your (laughs) full-time job Mm. um so I personally would kind of factor in annual leave but I'm not gonna lie when when (laughs) I don't know wait 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 (laughs) Let me just add, I had annual leave because I didn't take it, but during the Christmas period from like the 25th to the like the 7th of January, no one put any orders in. So I had a good two weeks off and it was so nice that that break was just so nice. And then, but now, end of January, so many birthdays, so many many orders. Mm. I'm doing like six orders a week. Six orders a week. Six orders a week on top of my social work. And it's like social work is such a complex job because you're doing reports for your job and you've got like a caseload. So right now I have a caseload of 16 children and that's a mix of child in need, child protection. And then I've got my cake business and um, I've got a cake phone, which I bring to work and I'm answering <laughs> and I'm, I'm texting back the client saying, yeah, I can make this cake. And then I'm just trying to type and it's like, it's just balancing. It's mm. like, you have to make that balance. Like if you really want to do well, it's all about balancing your time. And I do understand what you're saying about taking annual leave and I am going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I've got some holidays coming up. So 
I'm, I'm planning on just taking a break. But I do have cake orders before I go on holiday, which has been pre-booked. Like, I'm getting booked from, like, March now. Okay, that's like, good. Orders from March. That's like, good. It's a lot. But, yeah, I'm actually happy it's going well. <laughs> Would you say, then, that eventually mm-hmm. both of you want your side hustle to be your only hustle? Or do you still kind of want to keep it as your side baby? Mm-hmm. I want it to be the main hustle. I wouldn't say my only hustle. Okay. You know, I'm a big believer of I want multiple streams of income. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> so I want it to be the main hustle and I'd love it to be the main source of income. Um, or one of the primary sources of income. That is, that's the aim. That's what we're aiming for. Eventually, I would like to concentrate solely on my cake business. But I still want to do social work. Like I want to climb that ladder, and I have obviously everyone has career goals, and I want to become a service manager one day, God willing. But I, at the moment, my plan is to maybe do another three years full time social work, and then go part time. Okay. Um. So it's like three days a week. So I have two days to do my cake business and so basically i have four days a week to do my cake business including the weekends so that's annual that's leave. my plan <laughs> and with annual leave <laughs> but that's yeah that's my plan so far okay so what would you say for both of you is the hardest part of your whole journey so far for me i would say well it's it's early days for me but starting starting was quite difficult you know because I felt like this was my baby so to give you a bit of a a history to kaleidoscope beauty I actually used to sell jewelry when I was 15 16 I went to Kenya every year I'm originally from Kenya and Rwanda so I went to Kenya every year in the summer and I'd get myself stuff and then I'd get aunties and uncles or friends of mine who'd be like oh where did you get this can you get me one when you go next time and it was guaranteed I was going to be going the exact same time next year. So I started to actually buy a few pieces and sell them, um, which was amazing because I remember at the time, there's one day at, there was a like a fair at church and I had a little booth and I had my little Kenyan book and I had my little um, wraparound thing and tried to make it look as authentic as possible. And I made a hundred pounds profit. And when you're 15, I mean, that was great. Cause I was yeah. like, wow, I can buy all you're the lip glosses. Boy. I can buy <laughs> cherry, pineapple, strawberry. Um, but I think at the time that, that drive that wasn't in me, you know, because my mom would still give me like pocket money and like, I was fine. I, I was like, oh, I mean, I can buy lip glosses and stuff. And I was still trying to decide what I was going to be doing for GCSEs and I was playing tennis and I was I had a lot of extracurricular activities outside of school on the sports side that could be quite time consuming so at the time I don't think I had that dedication but now um grown up working and just realized that the need is still there the demand is still there people are still interested in getting these authentic pieces and you know for me it was you know there's that philanthropic part which was very important so just bringing that all together has been key and it's kind of been rebirthed but with nicer packaging and with a website whereas before it was buy and sell and (laughs) that kind of stuff yeah with me it's about creativity and keeping up with the trend Mm. the current trends because the cake business industry is always changing and at the moment, I'm only specialising in one type of cake, which is the buttercream cake and the drips and whatnot. But a lot of people have been coming to me, asking me for fondant cakes. And, and I'm just like, mm, I've tried fondant before. I can't work with it. It's not my thing. But I've realised that all those orders I'm turning down, it just means that I need to be, start being creative and start learning and teach myself how to use different... Um, materials with cakes so I can just keep up with the current trends so yeah that's what I would say I created a business plan before launching um where I did my market research and that was in the form of just I'd say my main market at the moment is the diaspora both in the UK and actually the USA and throughout Europe actually so it's been the diaspora so just looking at what are the numbers 
um, how many are we? Um, and then keeping up to date with similar brands, say even on social media, looking at competitors, seeing what they are offering, what their price points are, what their packaging is, um, you know, what their USPs are, how I can differentiate myself. So I, it's a, it's a continuous progress, like, I mean, process. And I'd say even for me, like being new, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it all out. Like, oh, okay, so-and-so's doing this. Wow, I need to up my game. Um, but yeah, definitely start. But yeah, market research is, is very important because at the end of the day, if you're selling a, a product or a service, yeah, you'll have your friends who might support you, but you need to be able to differentiate yourself from, from your competitors. I agree. I just want to start by saying that I didn't do any, any market research. <laughs> I literally just winged the whole thing. I woke up one day and I said, I'm going to start selling my cakes. And I downloaded Insta and created the cake profile for my page. That's what, that's what I did. That literally, I just didn't do no market research. I just made the cakes that I liked making. Um, I did, I do have Pinterest on my phone. So I'm able to like look at the current trends and see what kind of cakes people like and stuff like that. And then obviously I'm following other bakers that are very well known. And I'm looking at their type of cakes as well and seeing, okay, okay, yes, this is what they're doing. And then, but then the thing with that is I don't really need to keep up per se because when I get clients they're sending me cakes from these big big bakers <laughs> isn't it so I kind of they're kind of keeping my clients are kind of keeping me up okay. today so like they're just giving me cakes that they've seen on other people's profiles and be like yeah I like this I want you to do this for me and I'm like okay and then when I'm uploading it to Instagram and doing the tags and whatever then people recognize that I'm doing something similar to let's say another baker um for example cakey bakey or something like that and yeah so that's I don't I didn't do no market research I still don't do any market research <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally just going with the flow and it seems to be working for me yeah it's, it's working <laughs> listen if it ain't broke don't fix it you touched on this earlier talking mm. about I guess your friends and their support and counting on their support to launch. Do you feel like that is absolutely pivotal to getting your side hustle off the ground? Or do you feel like you would have grown maybe a little bit slower, but you would have grown regardless with your business alone? Mm, well, I can say for sure, if my friends and family did not support me, I don't think I'll be here. <laughs> sitting here in this chair right now talking about how well my business is, uh, has gone because they are the ones that have supported me those are the ones that told me to keep on going those are the ones that came to my pop-up events and helped me with like um I've been to a few events where I've had like a cake stand and I'm selling my cakes and those my friends and my family are the main people that are there voluntarily <laughs> um helping me sell my cakes and stuff so without my friends and family and without their support I don't think I would have continued because there's been times when I've been like oh my gosh I can't do this oh my gosh I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> and then I'm telling my friend and my friend was like shut what are you talking about <laughs> so yeah without without them and their constant support um I wouldn't be sitting here literally so yeah mm. it's it's important to have it's important and I do think it's needed to have your support from your friends mm. because it just lets you know it's like that reassurance that you can do this and they've got your back and if you need help with anything like my friends have been in the kitchen with me helping me bake cakes that's how deep it is and my sister and my family so yeah so without them literally yeah very sim I think it's it's definitely important to have a support system whether that's in the form of family or friends um just to, a lot of it is is moral support you know it's getting through the mental side of things as much as you know there's you know get it, there's the purchasing of the items there's mm. the wrapping stuff up there's the day-to-day -day, but actually just the the men mental side of keeping going is very important and that's where a lot of friends and family come into place which is key 
Kita are seen another day to get into that next step to reaching that next goal yeah so what would you say when you were in the planning stages Mm -hmm. what would you say was like your biggest reservation or fear that you had that actually when you launched you were like oh I was worried about absolutely nothing it's fine for me I would say I felt like I was letting go of my little baby like I'd done this tried and tested when I was 15 16 but now I had this business right and so I've registered it and I've done everything officially on the back end but only my closest family knew or my closest friends knew so when I actually launched say the website and the Instagram pages I literally felt like I was letting my little baby into the world I when I'd put my little um philanthropic video of like the business's mission out there I was like oh my gosh are people going to understand what the point of this video was? What's everybody's, you know, idea going to be of this? So I would say that that was a big, big challenge for me initially. I, I just felt like this was my little baby. I'm going to let it out. And it took a long time. I remember when I did my my launch of the website, I posted all these videos and then I, I literally like ran away. I went, I left my phone upstairs and I went downstairs and watched the show and tried to forget that, that it was there. But you know when I came back you know maybe like an hour later saw the positive feedback and everyone's support and it was like oh phew okay that was all right we've started now let's keep going for me it's all about whether people will like the taste of the cakes because you can have really good looking cake this is very true you can have really good but when you take oh my gosh (laughs) it could be dry (laughs) it could be tasteless and I was like for me it was like can I produce a cake that tastes amazing and look amazing at the same time Mm. and that was my biggest worry because obviously going out into the cake world it's all about taste some cakes don't look really nice but they taste so nice that tastes good so I was thinking to myself hmm actually I did do some well mm, I did a bit of market research if you can call it this so basically it was looking online for like the best um recipes and um what cakes people like and stuff like that so I did do a bit of that before I got started and I um, made a little book of um Cake, cake, that cake. Is market, that is market research. Okay, okay, cool. It just came to my head now. So yeah, yeah, I did do a bit of that. Um, but yeah, so it was just all for me. It's just all about producing a cake that looks as good as it tastes. Okay, so let's pick your brains now. Hmm. If someone is sitting here thinking, do you know what? I'm really good at hair or I'm really good at makeup but I'm just scared to go out and call myself an MUA on the weekends or call myself a hairdresser on the weekends but I do want to start this side hustle what is the number one piece of advice you give them (laughs) to start to to fail forward yeah Mm. well okay it not necessarily start your own business maybe you go and work for somebody else as you acquire these skills Mm. but maybe if it's makeup artist, take a picture of your work. Like, start creating your portfolio. Yeah. Like, start... You nearly have to build up your own confidence before you can let your baby out there. So, for me, I had to go find my supplier. I had to do my photo shoot. And I had to keep on travelling back and forth. I had to create a mission. I had to understand why you're starting something. So, don't just start a business because I'm good at makeup or have a reason have a usp like remember this is supposed to be a business you want it to be profitable this isn't for fun because it's going to stress you out and if you want to be stressed for free then that's your own decision (laughs) but you need to have something a bit more compelling to keep you going so i would say it depends on the person so start building your portfolio if you want to work for somebody else build that experience and you can go that route um if you feel like you have a reason to, to start your own business then, then go for it I'm all about saying yes and figuring out the how later yeah say yeah. yes and figure it out later yeah what about you know you know me Maya if any of my friends come to me telling me they want to do the, they like for example they like to do hair or make wigs and say to me they want to start I'll be like what are you waiting for yeah. <laughs> why are you telling me to start yeah and I think I would the piece of advice I would give them is just 
everyone has to start somewhere. So you don't have to be afraid of getting it right the first time. So as long as you just get on with it, even offer to make your mum a wig. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. offer to make someone a friend a wig or just tell them to bring the hair, you can make it. Just it's all about practice. And yeah. practice makes perfect, as they say. So yeah, it's just just start. Like literally, don't think about it too much. Just get up in the morning and just start, literally. Would you say though that a lot of times a lot of side hustles are born out of hobbies and like things that people enjoy doing and then as it gets off the ground and starts making money the joy gets sucked out of it (laughs) (laughs) oh i can relate to this well yeah because okay so obviously i started baking because it made me feel closer to my nan yeah and it was soothing for me like it still is like it's because social work is such a stressful job i can come home and i bake and i feel so much better but i do feel like sometimes it it sucks the life out of me especially when i have so many orders but that is on my that's on my behalf though because i control how many orders i take in yeah so i think yes to that question you, you can g- give birth to a business out of your hobbies but it's just about uh, how can I say it's just yeah I got, <laughs> because the thing is you don't know if mm. if you are if you do have an amazing hobby that can make you a lot of money i.e. like your cake business mm. and then you turn <clears> around and you start selling and it starts getting a bit like laborious or I don't know if that's the mm. word mm. but it starts just getting a bit like monotonous and hard then is your mission going to change are you eventually going to want to open like a bakery for example or you for yourself are you going to want to be a massive e-commerce brand like ASOS for your jewelry mm-hmm. or are you gonna be like, do you know what? I'm staying small because I can't with all HMRC down my throat and then <laughs> everyone else in my face. I can't do this. Would you, would you say that you still have to love what you do at a huge scale? Or would you just be like, do you know what? It's okay to stay small. I think? think at the core, you, it's important to, to enjoy what you do yeah. at, at the core. So, Will there be days that you wake up and you cannot be asked and you're tired and you don't want to do the, st- the task that you have in place? Yeah. But is there a reason behind it? There's a reason that you started. I think always remember why you start your business. Yeah. And write it down. Like there's days I have to go and look at the notes that I wrote and I was like, okay, that, that's why we started. Let's keep going. Yeah. So I think it's, it's again, it's a balance. And especially when you're, you're small, and you don't have the resources to be delegating tasks to other people and you don't have the luxury of being able to give other people the workload or to get additional support on specific tasks. You are everything. You are doing the finances, you are wrapping the stuff, you are purchasing, you are doing the traveling, you're updating the website, you're sending emails. You have to just remind yourself. So you have to keep it fun. You have to keep it interesting. And I think maybe some at the very beginning for me, I'm trying to not have too many expectations. I'm trying not to be too hard on myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So have goals, have milestones in place. But if you don't meet them, just readjust that. Be like, okay, this is where I might have gone wrong or this is where I went right. This is what I need to adjust in order to to meet my next milestone, to meet the big goal by the end of 2019. So it's a balancing act, I would say. Well, for me anyways, that's what it's been. <laughs> so in terms, I guess, all right, in terms of side hustles turning into main hustles, mm. just in case that this does happen to be the roads that you both go down, what happens when inevitably you're going to come across one person who's going to be like, oh, this brand was horrible to me, rah, rah, rah. but what what happens in the sense of this is your baby like you said Mm. do you get to the point where you're like 
I'm not doing this for you. This is just for me to have my little soothing moment, getting close to my nan, or this is just a little moment for me to just have my mission in Kenya. How do you reassure yourself in those moments? Which won't come in Jesus' name, but... (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's inevitable, to be honest. I think those kind of experiences are inevitable. Um, Hopefully not necessarily negative, but um, I would say... Okay, Kaleidoscope Beauty is my baby, but at the same time, I have to detach myself sometimes, you Mm. know? You have to deal with... Sometimes you'll get messages or you'll get, you know, interactions which aren't the most, you know, pleasant. And you just have to try and be as professional. The same way when you're at work, there'll be one person that will pierce you off. But you are there Mm. as an employee representing your company and you're essentially talking to this other human being representing their company. And I think just bringing that mentality will help you level everything out and just deal with it on that level. And I think it's very important for, for me anyways, and, and I'd guess for you, a lot of your customers are your business success. Like if, yeah. you, if I don't have customers, then it's all over. Yeah. Yeah. Let's call it a wrap. So also just maintaining um, those interactions or try for me, I'm still trying to get them up. Yeah. <laughs> really trying to get them up. So yeah, just, just remember what the goal is really. I mean, when you were saying <laughs> about how one person saying, you know, negative things about your business, I've actually, I've had that experience already. So it wasn't in a sense, oh, about my service to them. It's mm. basically they came to me. This is why I don't work with funding. They came to me, asked me for some cupcakes. I said, cool. Then they sent me a picture. And I was like, okay, I've got this. So... I made the cupcakes. And you know when something doesn't... Like I'm a perfect, perfectionist. Yeah. And you know something's not to your standard. Yeah. But, like, time's run out. Like, this is the day she's picking them up. I've just came from work and I've literally just finished them off. And then she picked them up. And, like, she was just... Dis- well, mm, yeah, she was disappointed. She was disappointed and she was like, oh, d- this is not what I asked for. Um, I sent you the picture, and this this was like early on in my cake career. So I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And then she was just like, she was just really upset, and you, and you know, it just makes you feel like crap. Oh, like yeah. I literally, I felt so shit. Like I went back inside. I was upset. I gave her money back because I didn't want to charge her for them. Because obviously, if it's not up to my standards, then you know, and it's not what she asked for. So why should I make her pay? Sort of thing. So I was like. Um, so my friend was my friend lives with me so I was upset to the point where I started crying like I can't do this anymore I don't want to make cakes like I hate funding like, I'm never going to work with funding again and since then I haven't but yeah so it's just like it it does affect you emotionally because obviously this is your business this is this is what you've been working on this is what you want to build up and improve so for me it was a, it was it was a bit of insight because it made me realize what I can and what I can't do, what I need practice on, yeah, mm-hmm. as well. So from then, obviously, I do I haven't worked with fondant, but I have been looking at fondant cake classes. Okay, so you've been doing a lot of market research, by the way. You did. <laughs> I don't do any market research. Here you are reeling it off. I have been looking at cake classes um, to like try and improve that area because it is a very fondant is very big in cake world, especially with wedding cakes mm. and stuff like that. Wedding. So I need to be able to at least to some sort of standard, be able to work with funding. So, yeah, for me, that bad feedback literally pushed myself to, like, try and prove in, in the future, but also knowing my limitations, which is very important. You yeah. Have, you have to know your limitations yeah. as well. Just be realistic. Like, it's all yeah. good and well being like, oh, I can do anything, I believe in myself, but you will have some shortcomings and where you have shortcomings just try and improve on them yeah. you're not going to be perfect by the way I don't know cake so what's fondant what does that mean <laughs> it's, it's one that's like play-doh it's like play-doh yeah so basically it's, it's icing but it's like 
It's hard. It's, it's hard. You and have to roll it ones, out. Is it the ones that are like in Sainsbury's and you know the basic birthday cakes that you get? Yes. Is it them? That's fondant. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I you know, think I do. Like, you know when it's someone's birthday at work and you just get the basic round... White icing. White icing. White, yeah. So yeah. that's fun. That's fun. All this time I was thinking about, like, a big fountain. Like, uh. <laughs> I was like, how can they be that popular? Like, people really got money like that. Okay, fine. So that's some insight for those of you like me, and I know you're out there because, please, I can't be by myself. <laughs> um, so now I just want to ask, I guess, you know, Tony, you mentioned that you're quite in the inception. So, well, I'll say a little bit past inception, like you're at the early stages of your business mm-hmm. and you're nearly two years deep now. Mm. So what would you say in retrospect to Tony about the side hustle journey? Like what to expect, what to tell yourself, what could you have told yourself back then? I mean, my piece of advice is just keep on going. There's mm. there's going to be times where you're going to find it really hard, especially to manage your time. And there's going to be times where you feel like, can I continue to do this with my main job? Or how, how much effort do, should I be putting into my business as well as my job? Because I, I don't know exactly what you do, but if it's, if your job is time-consuming like mine... It's all about managing time. Mm. But as Maya was saying, your customers are, and you were saying as well, your customers are the people that build up your business. So, like, just keep on get, get yourself out there. Do any pop-up events that come up. Like, I've been doing um, some black business pop-up events, which really did help me get recognised. Um, so anything you can find to do with like get yourself out there just get on board and and do it and then yeah that's that's the piece of advice I can give you from from now but just keep on going literally I can't say anything more than that another thing I'll say though is social media has made it so easy to get Mm. customers and Mm. word of mouth yeah because I didn't do any advertising or giving out flyers or whatever i didn't do any of that so at the beginning it was literally word of mouth my friends were telling everybody their friends were telling everybody my family was telling everybody and literally that's how it it started word of, it's literally word of mouth and that's the most powerful form of advertising mm. for for me anyway and then it came social media like the instagram and then i got people coming from Death right centre sending me messages and asking me to do A, B, and C. So yeah, and I'll say with words of mouth as well, it is a very powerful advertising tool. But then if you don't do a good job, word of mouth yeah. is going to ruin your business. Yeah. Also, yeah. so back to the bit about shortcomings. Just please like, perfect your craft because if you come in yeah. and take a booking for whatever your business may be. It doesn't meet the standards and you don't try to rectify it. The whole world will know. I keep saying this. Look what <laughs> happened to crepes and cones, okay? Oh, God. The, tiny, the tiniest little thing went wrong for them and all of a sudden the whole internet was on fire. Like, oh, it's crap. Don't go there. It's not crap, okay? So, but I'm just saying, um, just touching on your point about word of mouth. Tony, <coughs> what would you say to... Nazara now she's at this point like and obviously you heard that at this point she's struggling for time <laughs> and giving herself annual leave and just just a break in general what would your advice be to Naz well I feel like this is like talking to my future self yes you are. Um, I guess you want to avoid burning out right so mm. do you know what you need to do to like release not like what do you what's your form of self-care do you know what that is pampering yeah get my nails done yeah probably go to the spa get my hair done mm-hmm. but i don't want to hear that out of time no but I don't it is difficult it because is difficult making cakes is that form of self-release for me as well yeah. do you know what i mean so it's like where do i find that balance do you know like 
how do I find that balance? Even though making cakes is good for me mentally because mm. it's making me feel like relaxed and stress free but then also on the other hand I'm not finding time for myself the rest of myself mm. which is important as well so it's just hard I just need to find that balance in yeah so I think my my advice and I'm not even sure if I, I don't necessarily have the answer to be honest because I think it's it is a balancing act and you have mm. to keep on trying to figure out what the balance is and at different stages in life <laughs> the balance is different because yeah. right now we're young um don't have too many responsibilities and dependencies but just look making sure you're still looking after yourself so the business is important your job is important but so are you and everything flows out of you so just be mindful of that i yeah. guess i'd say yeah. I'm having a break soon, guys. Hopefully. My birthday weekend. Yeah. When's your birthday? The 10th of Feb. Ooh, the soon. The only cake I'm making is my own. You see, do you see what I mean? She still makes her own cake. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Why do you not? Something, so much of something that you can do yourself. No. <laughs> Literally. True. I hear that. So, for anyone listening who is basically interested in having a side hustle... Give them the harsh reality right now. Give them something that they need to expect. The harsh reality. It's not easy. <laughs> it's literally not easy because there's been nights where, and there's been weekends that I've hardly got no sleep. Literally, I started making cakes from five o'clock on Friday. Um, I stayed up until 4 a.m. Zora! Oh, it has to be done. It has to be done. Harsh, it's true. Of <laughs> having a business, like you have to put in that time, and there's not a lot of hours in the day for you to do everything that you need to do. Mm. So I've been up until four a.m. this morning making cakes. I went to bed. I think I slept for about three or four hours. Got up and I came here. And even so, when I go home, I've got more orders to complete for tomorrow and for today. So it's like. <laughs> you have to be you have to be ready for sleepless nights it's like it's exactly like having a baby mm. because you're putting all your effort all your time into it and you're gonna have to get ready for sleepless nights you're gonna have to get ready for not going out with your friends and not enjoying yourself as much as you want to if you want your business to be a success along <clears throat> those lines it's it's not easy it's also not cheap mm. you have to have actually i guess the finances you need are different for every business, right? But I would say before starting, take a look at what, what that is. Is it just um, a lot of, say, social media management kind of apps are free, but what is it going to cost you? What is your package? For me, I had to think about packaging. Mm -hmm. I had to think about um, lots of certain legal things. I had to, you know, documentation, registered my company, um, Take finances into account. Traveling back and forth, what's that going to look like? Shipping, what's that going to look like? With regards to online shopping, one thing that I found is people love free shipping. Free shipping will, you know, it's really weird because I've ordered things, say, from America, like filled up my basket, it's got to shipping and it's like 20-something pounds. Yeah, you're like, you're like no, a whole 20 pounds. <laughs> Meanwhile, my basket is over 100. Yeah. I'm thinking, nah. And that is the determining factor between me purchasing something and not purchasing something. So I've had to take that into account now with starting my own business and factoring that in. Yeah. So just there's so many little financial things that you need to bear in mind that I'd make sure... I'd say I'd definitely advise people to have have a pot and allocate that to even your stock, initial stock. That's an investment. I had to get a new laptop and things like that. So take finances into account, even things such as Ubers and transportation and take finances into account. It's not cheap. <laughs> OK, what's next? What's next for Kaleidoscope BT? Well, to keep going. Um, so I do want to, to start getting the word out there. You know, for 2019, my main aim is to get, get the words out there, the mission of the business out there. Um, 
PR is something I want to try and push for this year. Again, yeah. it's new, so I'm going to be stumbling forward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm using I links really where I that. can. And then also just building clientele, building those relationships. So as Sarah mentioned, also just getting myself to a few events, making sure I get that interaction with people. Mm. I start building those relationships and go from there. Yeah. Honestly, I think events, your stuff's going to fly. Yeah, it will. I hope so. Amen. No, it will. It will. 100% it will. will. You can find us on Instagram, kaleidoscope.beauty.ltd. Um, we're also on Facebook, Kaleidoscope Beauty. Um, and those are the two main media, um, social media pages that we're using. The website is www.kaleidoscopebeauty.co.uk. What about you? Um, what's next for Zara Cupcakes? Well, hmm, going to be slowing down on the orders. Can I just say you've had some very influential clients recently? Yeah, I, yes, yes, I Yes, I you have. have. So have. big up your chest. I Go have, on, I the have. of... Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't even know why I'm laughing so fast. <laughs> Paisy Cakey. I've made, I made, I've made her some cupcakes. It was her birthday last week. Oh, wow. And Mariam Musa, she's Ooh. a influencer. Influencer. Oh my gosh. Influencer. <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Influencer. <laughs> on Instagram. Um, so yeah, I've done cakes. I've ma- I made her birthday cake and made Paige Cakey cupcakes. And I've got another big client coming up. Details have not been finalised yet. Don't worry. But hopefully once they are, then you guys will see in the gram yeah (laughs) but yeah in in terms of sour cupcakes what i want to do is start taking my annual leave literally and i think forward thinking with my whole business i want to eventually when i buy a house i want to turn the garage into a cake studio where i invite young people to come in and learn how to bake so that's my plan. That's my next plan. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's that's my goal for the next three years. So that's what I want to be able to achieve. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at Zara Cupcakes. And that's Zara with a H on the end. So Z-A-R-A-H Cupcakes. And literally, just hit me up because... Whatever your event is, weddings, cakes, wedding cakes, baby showers, birthdays, there's no event too big or small for me to be able to satisfy your sweet tooth. That's all, folks. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's it. Um, You will catch us next time. This has been Sly Speaks. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs)